Good evening. The poem that was passed out to you all this morning or this, after, this evening is a poem that was given to myself and my family when my brother passed away 23 years ago. This has helped us get through the Christmas season. And just recently in July, my friend of 40 years, my brother, this has helped me get through it this year. Spending Christmas with Jesus Christ. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away the tears for I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear many Christmas songs that people hold so dear. But the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choir up here. I have no words to tell you the joy their voices bring for it is beyond description to hear the angels sing. I know how much you miss me. I see the pain inside your heart but I am not so far away. We really aren't apart. So be happy my dear ones. You know I hold you dear and be glad for I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I sent you each a gift, special gift from my heavenly home above. I sent you each a memory of my undying love. After all, love is a gift more precious than pure gold. It is always, always most important in the stories Jesus told. Please love and keep each other as my father said to do, for I can't count the blessings or love he has for each of you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away the tear. Remember, I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year.
beautiful name it is, God. Lord, we just thank you that we get to come here tonight to worship your name, to give glory to your name, God, in the midst of our struggles and our battles, God, and on the mountains and in the castles, God, we praise your name. What a powerful name it is, God. Lord, we come to you tonight for a service of remembrance. God, we bring our loved ones that have passed on. Lord, some of us with grieving hearts, heavy hearts, Lord, that just need your comfort, Lord, and your peace. And some of us bring our loved ones to you with celebration, God, for the beautiful life that you have given them, God, here on earth. And now they get to come and live with you in heaven, God, and we celebrate that. So, Lord, wherever we're at, whether we're in, in grief and sorrow or joy and celebration, God, we know that you are present, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor, God. And we lay all of this down at your feet, God, because we know that no matter our circumstance, Lord, you are God. You are still good. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you. We love you, Lord. And it is in Jesus' mighty and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just give our worship team a huge hand for tonight? Oh my goodness. Thank you guys. Thank you all so much. And thank you all for being here. Why don't we just take a moment and let's greet our neighbors tonight. Good evening. How are you guys doing? You look wonderful out there. You do. Oh my goodness. It's it was good to see you. It is. It was so wonderful hearing you guys up here, man. but man, to hear everybody out here, it was beautiful. Choir of God. Thank you so much it for was. worshiping with us. Yes. Um, for those of you that are here with us for the very first time, I just want to extend a warm, warm welcome to you. Thank you yes. so much. How many of you are here for the first time tonight? Welcome. Amen, welcome, welcome. Church, can we welcome those people welcome. that are here? Hopefully, we won't embarrass you guys too much as representatives of Church New Beginnings, Church of God. Who knows? I'm not done talking yet, huh, Sister Renee? You never know. You never know what can happen. But listen, I am so glad that you are joining us here tonight. I also yes. know that tonight is is sometimes a very difficult service for for people who have brought their photos forward. For nights of remembrance my heart breaks with each one of you i know i know how difficult it is to go through christmas um missing someone that you love very much um and i know that there is one way that for sure that you can receive comfort and that is through the arms of jesus christ right. who loves you Amen. and um and i pray right now for you that he just offer his comfort and love to you and that's something that we do tonight offers that as well so thank you for coming here thank you for joining us for this very important service my yes. name <laughs> i guess i should introduce myself before i get myself in trouble here right it might be a good idea my Maybe. name is roxy and i'm part of your worship team <laughs> yes my name is lena and i'm also a part of your worship team yeah yeah and lena is also 
to have Lena back. She just came back from being abroad, and I just love this girl. I'm glad she's back. Can we welcome her back home? Amen. She's a military. She's a military lady. She's keeping us safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do for us, Miss Lena. Thank you. So, Amen. Amen. Um, so just a few, just a few things that are going on. I know it's the end of the year, but we're not done. We yeah. keep going, right? Yeah. What's happening before the end of the year, Miss Lena? Well, it is one of the best things you could do before the end of the year. This Sunday, we're having our baptism service. And church, oh my goodness, I love our baptism services. They are, they are amazing. Awesome, awesome times. Listen, what, tell us, Lena, why is, why? Why? Do why? We even have the, why do we even do this? Why, well, why, why? If you're not sure what baptism is, what it is, it is a, it is a public declar- declaration of a decision that you have already internally made, that you have decided to dedicate your life to Christ, to follow him, to learn, to learn his ways, and to just love him That's and right. let him love you. And so when you, when you go out to the baptism pool and they, they dunk you in the water and they bring you back up, you know, it is so symbolic of you dying to your old life and being raised up in a new life with Christ. And I just, baptism service is amazing. And what better way to start the new year? That's what I was just going to say. It's Sunday, December 31st. Please register online or you can call the front office just as a reminder. However, the front office will be closed until January 2nd. So maybe you want to send them a text or click on that QR code. Um, Go through our other ways of communicating with us so we can make sure that you are registered for that service. Listen, um, if you're not sure about baptism and you want to know a little bit more, there's always a class on Baptism Sunday. There's a class that's taught as well. Um, I should just say that there are no exemptions that are given out for baptism. Even Jesus Christ was baptized. So that means that every if he was without blame and was without sin, how much each one of us who have sinned and will continue to sin and need the grace of God every day, how much more will we need that baptism? Amen? Amen. So I encourage you to to reach out um, about that. Um, All right. Well, just as a final reminder, our our church office is closed until January 2nd, but there's always that QR code and ways. How else can we get a a hold of everybody even though they're not in the office? Even though they're not in the office? Well, we do. Through the QR code behind us, there, it will take you to a link to our app, which is a Great app, by the way, if I might add. I know we emphasize it every week, but church, I love this app because you can fill out connection cards. So if you have any questions that uh, from a message that you've heard during service or just any general questions about our church, we encourage you, visit this QR code, download that app, and ask away because we love getting questions. We love it. There is also so much more information on the app and on our Facebook page and on our website page. That's um, right. What we do at New Beginnings Church. I know that you, some of you have heard me say this over and over again, but it's so important. What we do at New Beginnings, what you're going to see on our app, what you're going to see us do as part of our church is to make sure that we each reach up to Jesus Christ so that we are living a God-connected life. Our mm-hmm. relationship with him is steadfast. And then we reach out into our church to make sure that each one of you have an opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and learn something new. Let me tell you, the mysteries of the Bible never end. That's Every right. time we read them, what? There's new questions. There's, There's new, new mysteries. Questions, new mysteries and new answers. That's what the Bible does. You can spend a lifetime of learning. And then finally, we reach out into our community to make sure that the world 
this city of Albuquerque, this state of New Mexico, who needs a lost and dying world has a way to connect with us. So we just thank you guys for um, your participation. Tonight, I also want to talk about the Christ birthday offering, and I want to invite yes. out to the stage a very special person. Can we welcome Miss Debbie Tate? <laughs> Debbie, it is so good to have you out here. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Can you tell us what Christ's birthday offering is? Christ's birthday offering is taken every year. It is um, part of the uh, Christian Women Connection. Christian Women Connection is 91 years old, and it was started by a lady named Nora Hunter to reach out to the missionaries in the, the foreign fields. Since then, it has evolved. Not only do we reach out to foreign missionaries, but we reach out to the domestic missionaries as well. There are so many, so many activities that we support through the Christ Birthday Offering. Uh, the latest one is we are building sewing centers in Uganda and the, and the Congo. Right now, we have two that are up and running with buildings and machines and students that are being taught the, the art of sewing so that they can help um, support their family. They're learning a trade. And that we want to always support that. We've got two more that are almost complete. Our goal was nine for our 90th year. So we're still working on that. Um, but we reach out across the nation across the world to support our missionaries for Christ. It's an, man, let's, let's give them a hand. They do some amazing work. Um, Christian Women's Connection is part of the national organization of the Church of God, just so you know. They're, they're, they're part of our church. Christian Women's Connection is part of who you are as a member of New Beginnings Church of God and as the greater um, Church of God. They always have amazing um, get-togethers and, and just support amazing causes. Tell us what Christ's birthday offering is, when we give it, what we do with it, and, and why. The Christ's birthday offering is the one time a year that we uh, ask for an offering to celebrate Christ's birthday. It goes to the national office of the, the Christian Women Connection of the Church of God to support the, um, the missionaries. And um, it would be amazing if you knew that how low our administrative costs are because most of it goes into the field uh, to support the, the missionaries. And when you, when you always say, Ms. Debbie, that most of it goes into the field, what does that look like? Do you, you know, send them a box of toilet paper or, or a box of cash? What do you do with this cash? There are several programs. One of them is uh, hunger support through the world. If there's been a, um, a tragedy like a hurricane, a flood, whatever, we send money and people to support that. We also have the linen chest, which is very dear to my heart. The linen chest uh, gives money to the women coming back in from the fields. They only come in about every five to seven years, so they need a new wardrobe so that they can go to the churches and tell about their missionary work. We, uh, the linen chest gives them household goods that they probably cannot find where they are, uh, such as sheets and towels and, 
and uh, kitchen items. We also give them an allowance to buy appliances if they need that in, for their, um, their station. But w there's just so many, many uh, opportunities to uh, reach the world, and we do that through uh, Christian Women Connection. You know, church, the Bible says that we are all to be disciples, and, and we can all reach the world through our Facebook, right? It's, you know, the Internet reaches all around. But going out into the mission field is critically important. New Beginnings Church itself supports missionaries in Costa Rica. We have Mexico. We have Europe. I believe they're in Spain. Pastor Richard is nodding yes because I'm just doing this from memory. But in addition to your giving that supports those missionaries, there's also Christian Women's Connection that serves as that point and that gap for those things that, that we don't think about. None of us really think about whether or not we can find sheets. We just know we can find sheets. But when you're out in the missionary field, when you're out in Uganda, perhaps that's not the easiest thing to get a hold of. And that's where Christian Women's Connection with their love for missions comes through. So I hope that you will all consider um, your donation to Christian Women's Connection. Last thing before we get run off, off the you know, <laughs> stage here, tell us how we can give this donation. Okay, you should have received an envelope either last Wednesday, Sunday, or possibly tonight. If you did not get a special envelope for Christ's birthday offering, the um, greeters will have one. You can give it by dropping it in any of the boxes at the exits. You can also give through the app. There's a drop-down in the app for giving, and one of those choices is Christ's birthday offering. Thank you so much, church. Thank you, Ms. Debbie. She also serves on our national board. Amen. Let's thank her for her leadership. Thank you. Christian Women's Connection is also the organizer of our Advent, and we're so glad to have them. We're so glad for the work they do. Um, thank you, church. Can you turn your attention to the screen? Psalm 23, David says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The valley. It is a depression or an extended canyon that seems to go in one direction. It seems like it would go on forever. You see, we all seem to go in these valleys in our life. We may be entering a valley, we may be in the middle of the valley, or we're about to leave the valley. And the valley, it comes in all different shapes and forms. It can be uh, the loss of a friendship. The metaphorical death of a dream or a missed opportunity. It can even be the literal death of someone that we love. Basically, it is something that ceases to exist in our lives as we now know it. Ecclesiastes says that there is a time for everything. There is a time to laugh, and there's a time to cry. It's that mourning season. It is that season of pain. Everyone hurts at some point. We all feel the pain of experiencing the valley of the shadow of death. When we are in the midst of pain, it feels like it goes on forever. There's no relief in sight. 
I'm not talking about having a bad day or even a big inconvenience. I'm talking about those seasons when the pain hurts in our bones, in our gut, into the very core of who we are. So where do we go when we mourn? Where do we go with those thoughts of pain and those wounds? Jesus said, for those that are mourning, do just that, mourn. But he also gave a promise that there will be comfort. So for those people that are in the valley with no end in sight, they must be comforted. And we want to help. We want to be there for people. But in reality, there are really no words to say for someone who is sitting in their mourning booth. We try to tell jokes. We think that laughter should lighten their mood. It doesn't always seem to work. If laughter is the best medicine, why does it seem to sting when we're in the valley? And others try to offer perspective. We really don't know what to say, so we try to offer some counsel. We'll say stuff like, all things work together for good. It's true, but the timing may be a little off. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to comfort someone we really love. We say it's time to move on, to rise above it, to get over it. But there's a life still to live. But if we were to really look at them, we'd see their pain. For those of us who can't see the pain, we leave. We exit. We cannot sit in the morning booth any longer. We cannot stay in the valley. Everyone must take their turn in the morning booth. However, they shouldn't have to do it alone. Paul calls out the cry for the followers of Jesus. Mourn with those who mourn. Carry one another's burdens. We must get in close proximity of the person in pain. Never underestimate the power of your presence. When a person is seated in their mourning booth, there is something eternal and gently and quietly taking a seat next to the wounded. St. Francis said, share Jesus with others, and if you have to, use words. You see, you don't have to use words at all. It can make all the difference in the world when someone is willing to sit and share in the pain, the sorrow, and the hurt. It is a holy response. Powerful video with a powerful message. You know, just a few days ago, we celebrated Christmas, and on Sunday, we lit the Christ candle. There's five candles lit up here. During the Advent season, we lit a candle of peace, a candle of love, a candle of hope, and a candle of joy. And then we lit the Christ candle because those are the things that Christ brings into our life. We're so glad you're here tonight to really experience the fullness of God. I want to talk about the light of Christmas, that light that brings hope to every heart, that light that promises us the presence of Almighty God. 
Today, I want to really explore the profound meaning behind that light of Christmas, what it really means and how it illuminates our heart with hope, joy, and salvation. You see, on this sacred night, we're gathered here to come into the presence of God. We've had festive lights. We have decorations all over the place that are to remind us that Jesus Christ brought light, and he's the light of the world. And when we see the lights on the Christmas tree, they're supposed to remind us that he brings light, and he illuminates our life. A tree is green to remind us of the evergreen that never dies, because though we die here on earth, we have eternal life, and we take our new breath in the presence of God. And that's what our loved ones have done. Then it has red on the on the the. the the trees, and and the red represents the blood of Jesus that flows and, and just fills us with his love and his mercy. You see, today, I want to explore the meaning behind that light, the gift that illuminates every heart with hope, joy, and salvation. And we have to understand that the very first thing that God does is to give us immense promises. So, Father, tonight I pray that you bring comfort, hope, and joy into our life. And let us know, Lord God, that we're going to make it. That, Lord, because of you, you're going to see us through. You're going to give us strength beyond our own. You're going to give us hope beyond our own. You're going to give us promises that you have spoken thousands of years ago that are still relevant right now, right here. So, God, we claim those in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. First thing we have to really understand is God's promise was fulfilled. When Jesus Christ came into this world, that's why it's called the Advent. And Advent is a first coming. It's a first coming of our Lord. And that first coming literally was the promise that God had given. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, it said, That night, meaning when Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby. Now, I've been to Bethlehem a handful of times, and, and in Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem's on, on, on one side, and there's a big, big valley, and on the other side is called the shepherd's field. And on that shepherd's field, There's a lot of grassy areas and grassy knolls there and places where they could really feed their sheep and take care of them because it's a a lot of desert there. So they literally, the shepherds are guiding the sheep to be able to see the different territory. And I said that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their sheep, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Can you imagine you're out in the field? You've been working hard all day. It's been hot all day. And all of a sudden, this angel appeared. And I don't know about you, I'd be kind of tripping out, you know what I mean? Like, whoa. And they were too. 
And the way we know it is they say, calm down, don't be afraid. Because they were like, man, that says they were terrified, it said. But the angel assured them, don't be afraid. Like, I'm not coming for you. Don't worry about it. I'm not the death angel. I'm, I'm bringing good news. He was the Savior, yes. The Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, a manger is the feeding trough where you put the food for the animals. And so he's going to be lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast of angel, of hosts of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. What an amazing promise. He says, if you really look, you're going to find something phenomenal. You're going to find peace. You're going to find peace on earth, peace in this turmoil, peace in this time of trouble, peace in the craziness that's going on. And he came to the, to the lowest of the lowest, the shepherds. The shepherds were not welcomed in the city they, they were out in the field so long, they, they stunk really bad. And so they wouldn't let them come in. And the shepherds were not known to be men of integrity. They were kind of, they, they, they wouldn't even let them testify in court because they were known to be such liars. I'm glad none of us in this room have ever been looked upon like that, that we're a bunch of liars like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, you're going to believe him? You're going to believe her? You know what they call her? Nobody, man, she's the biggest liar of all. See, that guy's, nothing truth comes out of his mouth. You know, are you with me? That's how they looked at the shepherds. And here the Lord appears to them. They had to be tripping out. It's like, wow, <laughs> who do we tell? No one's going to believe us. But man, God came to us. Have you ever felt like that? Like, you're never the one to receive God's presence. You're never the one to receive God's love. You're never the one to receive God's peace, love, and grace, and hope, and joy. That's how they felt. And a lot of times in our brokenness, in our, in our pain, in the things that we go through, we held on with such hope. We've lost our loved ones, people that we never thought were going to leave this earth. Even though they might have been sick a long time, it was still a jolt to us to lose them. And we kind of got like, what happened? But my baby's little newborn baby, how did they not make it with technology we have? My child was taken from us and murdered. And then there's no justice in this world that we live in, the court's do what they do, and it's like, oh, you're, all they do is add hurt to the injury. And then you held on, and you believed, and you prayed, prayed, prayed for your loved one that was sick, and you trusted, and then you came to church, and you came to the Lord, and you kept praying and believing, 
God, I know you're going to save my mom. I know you're going to save my dad. I know you're going to be with my son or daughter, father, mother, brother, sister. I know you're going to be with them. And, and now they're here pictured up front. And you're like, what happened? <clears throat> but God has given us this promise. He said, I promise you peace on earth for those whom God is pleased with, for those those who really have trusted him, those who have really believed, those who have turned to God in the midst of their pain, turned to his promises and said, God, I've got to hold on to your promise. You're, you proclaimed this. You, you foretold this. You prophesied about the Messiah will coming, the Prince of Peace. He will be called Mighty Counselor. He will be called Everlasting Father. He will be called Eternal Father. He will be called my Lord, my Savior, my friend, Lord, I need you so bad. And you just felt like maybe what happened. But see, sometimes we look at God's promises almost like waste paper, paper that we just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's like a promissory note. When you need it, you cash it in. You go, God, I, I really need your peace right now. I am tripping, God. I am really going through a difficult time. This wasn't supposed to be like this. We weren't supposed to have an empty chair at Christmas. We weren't supposed to have the head of the table empty. I can't believe our patriarch, our dad is gone. My husband, my uncle, grandpa. Now I'm the matriarch, or the matriarch's gone. Don't even know how to celebrate now. Mom did everything. She did everything. Man, my wife's been sick for the past four days, and she didn't even join us at the kitchen table. She was in bed sick, and and I'm the cook, so I'm cooking all kinds of food. And and my kids were here, and they go, Dad, do you need any help? I go, Yeah. My daughter wasn't in the house, and my son goes, I go, Yeah, son. Can you at least set the table? Mom usually does that, and, and she's still alive, but she was not there. My son set a table, and he put plates, and that's all he put, just plates. We didn't have forks, and we didn't have knives. We were eating prime rib that Pastor Chuck gave us, and I'm like, son, we need forks and knives. So he got a bunch of plastic forks, and he put plastic forks. I'm like, well, at least bring good steak knives, son. <laughs> like, if mom saw this, she's going to kill you. The table was beautiful Christmas with plastic forks and knives. and But that's how it was, right? Because your mama wasn't there anymore. Your auntie, your son or daughter that did those pieces, that did those things, contributed those moments, and you have a promissory note. God promises to be there. He goes, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My peace I give you, my peace I leave you, not as the world gives. I give a peace that surpasses all understanding. I give you a peace that when everything is falling apart, I'm pulling it together. A peace that when everything is emptied out, He's pouring in a peace that just gives you 
a security that you go, God, I don't know what's happening, but I still feel like I have it together all because of you. You see, they're his promises. His promises. And even in the frustration and the anger that you feel at times, God goes, that's okay, I got you. I got you. I understand. I know you're kind of upset with me too. That's okay. I got big shoulders. I understand. Our children get mad at us at times. And that's all right. I got you. I, I, I'll take care of you. You see, God's promises were fulfilled with Jesus. And he'll take care of you. He'll see you through more than you ever, ever know and ever, ever thought. And I'm telling you, you just have to lean on him. The second thing we see here is humility at the, main, at the manger. Humility at the manger. Not only did he appear to the shepherds that were not really accepted, they were kind of the, oh, really? Those kind of people? Have any of you ever been called those kind of people? Doesn't that hurt? You're like, ah, what, man? I even took a shower. I, I, I think I look decent. Oh, they came. I didn't know they let those kind of people in the church. We ought to change it to the, those kind of people, Church of God. That's who we are. Because we're a church of new beginnings. We let everyone in. But hear me. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 15 through 20, it says, when the angel returned to heaven, so we're still in the story, they just sang and the, 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 the shepherds are just tripping out. And they returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, hear me. Some of you are going through just a very challenging, broken time. You're hurting, you're, you're empty, you're broken, you're mad, you're confused. You're, you have so many emotions, you don't even know what's going on but you're not looking for God. Some of you are even angry at God, so why should I go to him? He let him die. He let her die. It didn't end up happy. It didn't end up happy, happily ever after. And your loved one going, it did for me. I'm in heaven. Man, I'm in glory. I don't have pain anymore. I don't have problems anymore. I don't have rent anymore. I don't have bills anymore. I'm in heaven. And we're going, send them back. And they're going, no, don't send me back. It's crazy down there. The world is nuts. See, it says, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has told us. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary. So they went looking for this thing. They went looking for the promise. They went looking for the message. They went looking for the hope. They went looking for the joy. They went looking for the love. They went looking for the peace. They went looking for what God had promised 
Have you been looking for that in the midst of your pain? Have you been seeking God in the midst of your pain? They returned to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby. There was the baby. You see, (coughs) they weren't really looking for Mary and Joseph, but they found him. They were looking for the baby. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. You see, Mary knew what the Lord had told her. Mary, you have been chosen. You have been chosen to carry the holy seed, the holy child. You have been chosen to carry the Messiah. Joseph, you're going to name him Jesus because he's going to be the savior of the world. And they were like, man, I hope all of this is true. We know what we heard, but people around us are saying, you're nuts. Joseph, you're going to believe that story? Mary's been cheating on you. She's been, man, checking out some other dude on the side. And she ends up pregnant. It's not your kid. Oh, it's the angel. Yeah, right. No, no, no. We know what the Lord told us. We know what he told us. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. Can you imagine you're there and you're wondering? You can't even afford a hotel room because there was no rooms available. And you're in the garage of the hotel, the stable. You're with the horses and the cows and the sheep and the goats. You're here with the animals. It couldn't have smelled good. And it's not a barn like what we see barns like here. We see these barns and we think it's a barn like that. No, it's it's a cave. It's 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 a big, big, big room in this cave, and and you you have room for camels and horses and donkeys and cows and all kinds of livestock. But can you imagine what it had to smell like, man? And you're trying to give birth to a baby, and every time you're there pushing, and then you breathe in. Oh my God! Oh my gosh! Push, 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 push. Come out, come out, come out. Come out wherever you are. Please, please, I can't take this any longer. But that's how we feel now. What we're going through, we're going through, and we're smelling this pain that we have in the house. And people walk in your house, and they don't smell the joy they used to have there. (coughs) They don't smell the peace and love and and just the radiance of hope in your home anymore. They still smell that spirit of death. But it says, after seeing him, the baby, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And Mary held on to him saying, Lord, it's true. You already told the world. God, you told the lowest, the lowest. Here we are in a barn. We're in a a cave that's smelly and stinky. And I've got my newborn baby. I I wrapped him as good as I could in these clean cloths. And Lord, 
Joseph's been so good and he got the manger and he cleaned it the best he could, but God, we didn't know where to put baby Jesus, so we put him in the manger. Lord, we didn't, I don't hold that against us. There's babas of the animals in there. Come on, be real. He came to a filthy world and they laid this clean baby the savior of the world in the manger, in the manger. And Mary thought of those moments often and the shepherds went back to their flock, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen, for it was just as the angel had told them. So they went back, man, you can see them going back, skipping and Hopping and going, yeah, baby, look what God did. And he told us first, the nobodies. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, came for the nobodies. He came for the broken. He came for those that were pushed away. He came for those that were forgotten. Just like that video showed some of your friends, some of your family, some of your loved ones. They don't understand mourning. They don't understand the pain. And, and they, they're trying to help. Please don't get bad at them. They're trying their hardest. They don't know how to help. And people say really stupid things like, okay, get over it already. What does that mean? Obviously, they've never had a loss of a loved one. Oh, my gosh, when are you going to move on? Well, I, I can't move on without my baby. How can I leave my baby behind? How can I leave my husband? We've been married 49 years. We were married 54 years. We were married 25 years. We were married seven years. We had just gotten married. We were about to get married. How, how, how do I move on? I had plans. How, how do I move on when my young son has died and and how do I move on when my grandma who knew everything is no longer here to ask how do I move on when mom or dad I, I, I still have their number and I ha- still have the voice messages that they left on my phone because it's the only thing left I have of them but God says no listen to me I came humbly to the manger I came to the brokenhearted, I came to the broken, I came to this world that's filthy and hurting, this world that is empty, this world that needs a savior. And he goes, I came here for you. The choice of a manger over a royalty cradle really trips us out. Look, you remember the wise men? Remember where they came from afar? Where's the first place they went looking for the Messiah? They went to the palace. Because that's where you think a king's going to be born, in the palace. But no, not our king. Because he came for everybody. He came for everybody. He came for all of us. You see, sometimes when we're in the hospital, and they're not working on our family like we think they should, we start saying things like, well, if we had money, if we were rich, they wouldn't be treating us like this. If we had an education, they wouldn't be treating us like this. 
if, 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 let me tell you something. Jesus Christ came to a manger to say, listen, I came for the richest and the poorest, the smartest and the dumbest. I came for every single living person. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So the pain you're feeling, I'm carrying you through this. Who do you think's been pulling you through? Who do you think's been there? How about those moments that you know you could feel your loved one? You're like, I'm tripping out. Oh, my gosh. I swear dad's here right now. He's messing with me. He's moving stuff around. Oh, my gosh. He's still driving me crazy, even from the grave. Hijola. Oh, my daughter. Oh, golly. I thought I was going to have some peace of mind, but she's still stirring things up, even from heaven. How is she doing that? And there's moments, I, I just think God gives us moments that you get to soak in something that you go, God, I don't know what just happened, but my son used to do that. My wife used to do that. My kid used to do that. God, all I knew is, Lord, thank you that it happened and that you come for everybody. I don't have to be special because we're all special in your eyes. Thank you, Lord. And you see, he brought a gift for every heart. For every heart. In John chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, he says, the one who is the true light, this is Jesus Christ, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Sometimes God is sending a messenger to you and a loved one to you, He's trying to visit you in your pain. You're crying and weeping and broken, and he's trying to send people your way, and he's trying to knock on your door. He's trying to be there with you, and you're rejecting him because you don't recognize him. The world didn't recognize him. And he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Sometimes you're rejecting your own people. Hi, what does my sister want now? What do my kids want now? Don't they know I want to be alone? Oh, don't they? And you're broke. You're just broken. But it says, but to all who believe him and accepted him, we believe Jesus Christ is Messiah, and we accept him. He gave us the right to become children of God. They are born, they are reborn, not the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God so that the world became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, one and only Son. Let me tell you something. I know you've been grieving. And grief is a lifelong journey. And just, you grieve in different moments. Sometimes you just cry. You don't even know you're crying. You don't even know why you're crying. People are, what's wrong? You go, I don't even know. 
I'm just really thinking, thinking of that loved one. And it could be 20 years later, 30 years later. You were just sitting around talking about certain things, and all of a sudden, someone from the table has to get up and leave because they can't handle it. You don't say, oh, get with it. No, you just say, give them their time because they're holding on to their loved one. So tonight, I'm inviting you to hold on and also letting go. I'm saying, release them into God's hands. Say, God, hold them for me. But whenever I need them, how about giving them back? You see, it says that the light of Christmas is not limited to a specific time or place. The light, it says that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into this world, and this light is Jesus Christ, made flesh. And we need to hold on to that light, and we need to believe that light, and we need to receive that. So I invite you to make sure you invite that light into your life. If you don't have that light, that's why you're struggling so much because you don't have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You see, those are the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a light that shines in the darkness of every heart. It's a light that illuminates offering hope and redemption and eternal life. It's a light that is available to every one of us. And the image that betrays the transforming light of God's power is in every heart that receives him. So I pray that you receive him, and I pray that you cry out to him, and you call out to him. And you say, God, I so desperately need your light. So if you really need God's strength tonight and you've really been struggling and you can't seem to just kind of find direction and you don't know where to turn, raise your hand and say, I need that power tonight. I need that strength. I need that hope. I need God's love. I know there's a lot of you raising your hand. A lot of you. And tonight... Let's all pray that God would fill us with his peace, power, and his presence. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, our family has been broken ever since our loved one died. Some were murdered. Some were taken in a traffic accident or another type of accident. And some died a natural death. But God, the pain is all the same. We don't know how to deal with the emptiness. So fill that void with your presence, with your hope, your peace, your joy, and your love. Father God, I want to heal. I want to bring light in my home. I want to teach my children how to move forward. Even though we don't get over it, we will get through it. So we're going to do this by your strength. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
All of you received a candle coming in here. If you need one, our ushers are more than happy to give you one. I want you to be careful with this candle. Make sure you don't get burnt or you don't burn someone else with it. And I want the pastors of our church, if any of our pastors from the church are here, please make your way up. And then I want Pastor Chuck from God's Warehouse to make his way up. Then I want the Cleveland's pastors of under his construction to make the way up. Tomas and Renee, pastors of Frontline Resurrection Ministry to make their way up. And they're going to be lighting your candle, so please don't light your own candle with your own lighter because we're going to light it off of the light of Christ, the Christ candle. Because we want you to burn that one. And we hope that you will. So tonight, when you light the candle, I want you to say, I give you the peace of Christ. I give you the peace of Christ. Go ahead and start. Give you the peace of Christ. And when you receive your candle, I want you to be thinking of your loved one, but also your family. And I want you to thank the Lord for the great memories you have. And then I want you to start praying for one another in your family. Start praying for your family members or people that you know that have lost a loved one that are hurting. So be doing that right now and then we'll do more instruction in a little bit. And feel free to sing along with the worship team. Because you really are, Lord. You're great. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You are love. Yes, you are, Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you. You're holding a candle in your hand. This candle represents, first and foremost, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I want you to be thinking about that, and I want you to ask God to send light into your household. Let it start with your life. Say, God, I need your light in my life right now because I'm broken, I'm hurting, and I'm empty. And there's times when, God, I feel like giving up. But, Lord, I need you to shine the light so you could illuminate my path. Then I want you to start thinking of your loved one and say, God, would you please whisper in their ear how much we love them and miss them? Would you please whisper in their ear, we're sorry that sometimes we took you for granted. We're sorry that we ignored the amazing gifts that you added to our household. And then say, Lord, would you whisper into their ear, I love you, my dad. I love you, mom. I love you, Grandma. I love you, Grandpa. I love you, my husband. I love you, my wife. I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. I love you, my nephew. I love you, my niece. I love you, my friend. Whoever that loved one is. And then say, Lord, with the same loving arms that you're holding them, would you hold me? Because there's times I feel like I can't make it. I feel like I'm ready to give up. But Lord, you give us hope in the midst of pain. You give us peace in the middle of despair. You give us promise in the middle of brokenness. So as you look at your candle, I want you to think of all the things that you have been praying and thinking about. Now I want you to lift them up into heaven. And I want you to say, Heavenly Father, take my pain. Hold my loved one and let them know we love them. Pour out your peace, love, and grace over my life and my household. I pray in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, I need you in the days ahead. And then next year, let us have a good year. So, Father, we're turning our back on this year, on the pain that we suffered but not on the people that we lost. We'll carry them in our heart forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you want to lift up a prayer of your own, do that. And just look at your candle and say, God, this is what I'm thinking. Sing it out, would you? Oh, he is great. It's your breath.
And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the great and mighty God. You may blow out your candle. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we have cried out to you on many occasions. And Lord, tonight, we once again just say thank you for being there for us. In the wonderful, glorious times of our life and in the darkest, most broken times of our life, we pray blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people shout out, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. We love you. God bless you. We hope to see you this Sunday at 9 or at 11. God bless you. Don't forget your pictures.